wondered how taboo, shame, and lack of good sexual education have stripped away elements of pleasure in childbirth and parenting that are essential to loving, intimate relationships? Join me for another episode of Orgasmic Birth Podcast, Pleasure in Pregnancy, Birth, and Parenting, as we break down and heal barriers and open the door to more love and intimacy in birth and life. considered how birth is a part of life and how all you've ever heard about birth and what you learn about birth will either prepare you or can also plant seeds of fear and disinformation. Birth is a day you will remember forever. You'll remember how you feel, how people made you feel, and it will impact how you feel about yourself and so many things. Hi, I'm Deborah Pascali Bonaro, founder and director of Orgasmic Birth and host of the Orgasmic Birth podcast. Today, I'm deeply honored that I am joined by a very special friend and colleague. Sokna Heather Mabin is here to chat about reconnection to all things and her healing home vaginal birth after cesarean. But first, I have to tell you a little bit about her because she has really touched my life in so many special ways. She's a mother of two beautiful beings, one born via her belly and the other naturally at home. She's been a student and a teacher of yoga for 35 years and also is an herbalist, sound therapist, lactation consultant, care coordinator with Healthy Start U.S. Presidential Initiative for Maternal Health. Sokna is an advanced doula who's trained with Dona and Ancient Song and Traditional Postpartum Healing Lodge. And she's creator of the Mama Sutra Loving Art, which canopies her herbal medicine practices in the Tantric Tavern. She's led community doula programs, and she's currently overseeing the development of a hospital doula program for women of color in Kalamazoo, Michigan. She's also, if that's not enough, right, co-creator of the Embodied Anatomy Kundalini Yoga and Women's Anatomy and the phenomenal online class that I took and loved too, her 10-day womb cleanse revival. She's a sacred woman, a wild woman facilitator, a trauma-sensitive yoga facilitator, and her artistries and vocalists and dancing have taken her around the world as her passion for seeing birth and mothering made sacred again through the connected matrix of the womb wide web. I was so blessed to meet Sokna in our Eat, Pray, Doula retreat in Bali, where she joins us each year now as a teacher too. Welcome, Sokna. Wow. Thank you. I got to shorten that bio somehow. Oh, but you know what? I almost was going to shorten it. And I said, no, because I want people to know that you bring so much deep wisdom, connection and knowledge out into the world. But I know like so many of us, that started with some of your own journey to parenthood, right? Uh, Can you take us back to kind of that first pregnancy and birth and how that has how that was for you. You know, I love that you said that because I would not have been on this journey at all if it wasn't for 
my conception and birth of my son, Cayenne. I wouldn't be on this at all. I might still be singing and traveling the world. And, do, and I love those things. I love being an artist and a touring vocalist. I still sing, but um, there was something that was just off about my birth experience. And I thought if other women are experiencing this, this is an atrocity. No disrespect to the, the team that was my birth team for my son, but it could have been done differently and a thousand percent better. Um, so I went into the idea of it was time to have my son and um, his father and I, my children's father, actually, uh, and I were both out in the art world. And he's a tap dancer and he was on tour. And I was actually in California doing my Kundalini yoga training with Krishna Kar. And I was living with Kefri Riley, who is urban goddess lifestyle in L.A. Kefri is my dear friend, but she's also my first doula teacher because I was observing her and I was like, what are you doing? This is amazing. That sister was washing people's feet and taking them to the ocean and doing all these sacred rituals and assisting them in childbirth. And I hadn't conceived yet. I was just watching her like, she's amazing. And so um, I made up my mind. It was time to have a baby. I call uh, my children's father because we were both out in the world doing our thing. He was my lover at the time. And I said, hey, let's make a baby. He's like, yeah, let's do this. And so we flew in back home to New York for three days. And it was so ritual. We got together on a Monday. We had our sacred lovemaking on a Tuesday. And I left on Wednesday. And he went back on tour. And I went back to LA to finish my training. And I was pregnant. It was very sacred. It was very purposeful. Wow. It was extremely magical. And... I'm pregnant and I'm like, oh my God, what's going on? I'm feeling all these changes in my body and I'm understanding what Kefri is doing and I'm watching her assist births and the whole experience and I'm going to have this beautiful birth. Well, my nine months go by, I'm doing all my prenatal care, everything is great. And it turns out I really need to have a little more support because um, my partner was on tour at the time. So I went home to my mom's in Michigan and started my prenatal care there. Well, Deborah, listen, I was a New York, jet-setting goddess, pregnant, and I went to this small town to have my baby, and the prenatal care was amazing, but when it was time to have my son, I went into labor on my due date, everything. I was like, oh my God, this is a perfect everything. My midwife wasn't there, and sometimes that happens, but um, as soon as she wasn't there, I was like, where is she? And here is this doctor, and all of a sudden, I have all of these rules on me that I gave them my birth plan. They hadn't read it. As a matter of fact, I remember the nurse was like, oh, she has a birth plan and like tossed it. When I saw my birth plan after my birth, they didn't even open the envelope. So oh, it was just like heartbreaking. Plan, and the, it wasn't even opened. It was in the envelope that I gave it to them in, in my prenatal care. That was huge flag. So midwife isn't there. All of a sudden there's a doctor. I didn't want a doctor. I wanted a midwife. And it was a male doctor and I requested a female care provider. And um, I never felt any engagement of my son and my pelvis. And I, I knew that was an issue. I'm not feeling any engagement. I have all these intense contractions, but I don't feel any engagement. What pressure? What are you talking about? And it turned out he was um, transverse, classic. Um, I labored. I, so I went into labor on that Sunday, um, April 20th, 2005, but I didn't give I'm sorry, that was the 17th or 18th. And then uh, 
I didn't give birth until Wednesday night at 11.06 p.m. by cesarean. It was horrible. I, I was sent home three or four times until they kept me and like, oh, you seem like you're in distress. I was out of my mind with pain. And um, because I went to the hospital with strong contractions that Sunday night at seven or eight o'clock. So by the time they uh, broke my water, it was pea soup green with meconium and um, I had a belly birth, but I affectionately named it my belly birth after I learned that Cayenne was in distress, that the meconium, that the, his amniotic ocean was full of meconium, that we were in dis- we were in bad shape. And I somehow found a really tender place that that was my necessarian, right? You and I have talked about this. Yes. There are necessarians when they are absolutely life-saving. And that was my life-saving necessarian. I don't know if it would have been different if I had a midwife and all of that. I just know that it wasn't in alignment by that third day, <laughs> by the third day of pain. That's for sure. Ooh. So then it went on to, I didn't receive my son until maybe 90 minutes or two hours after you're given birth. And I don't know that long. I'm pretty sure they gave him formula. I'm pretty sure they did whatever, um, all the things. And I literally did not recognize him. So my mom came in and she was like, oh, here's Cayenne. And I was like, that's not my baby. And I, and I wrote all of this down because hey, I didn't have anything else to do in there. I was like writing in my journal when I was like in the recovery room. I need to record this because I can't believe this is happening to me. Where's my baby? Why can't I see my baby? Why can't my baby be in the same room as me? What? There's nothing wrong with my eyes. There's nothing wrong with all the things. So I just, I didn't bond to him. I didn't know it was him. I didn't recognize him. Happy to say, my mom said, this is your baby. I'm sitting with him the entire time. Trust me. B, he latched right to my breast as soon as he came on. They rolled him into me. They put him on my chest and he was like, and it was right there. And I was like, okay. And I literally thought, Deborah, well, somebody's baby's breastfeeding. Like I was just, my anger was setting in, you know, I was disappointed. I was crushed. So hard. I have to say my care postpartum was awful. I had to stand up and I'm not kidding. They made me get out of, off the bed and stand up and get into the bed. They didn't lift me up. And when I saw that happen, what they do now is they push the recovery bed over the um, the birth bed over to the recovery bed and slide the mother over. They made me get up. And I was like, are you serious? And I didn't know that they didn't do that until I supported a birth where they slid the mother across the bed. So there are several things and I don't want to really go back into more of them because they're things that happen. But I know now, because of how women of color are treated, but that happened to me. And I know what they look like and I know what they do. I've also seen that room in the hospital because I live here in Kalamazoo and this is where my son was born and I have been a doula at the hospital. That recovery room is atrocious. It looks like a basement and it's cold in there and they have this screen and they shut the door and I'm like, this needs to be completely revamped. There is no reason why any person should ever be in a space that is gray and dingy. When they're recovering from a birth, it needs to be joyful and colorful and beautiful and peaceful. Yes. And there should be music playing. You know, like it should be a beautiful oasis. There's, there's no reason why it can't be a beautiful. The curtains could have flowers on them. It could be a pleasant place. So I began to literally write down, what would I do? How would it be different? Who could I have called? I couldn't find those people in this area. So I became Mama Sutra. I was like, I'm going to be a doula. 
and I'm going to create the birth experience that birthing people need, and I'm going to see to it. And uh, I went back to New York, and I met Stephanie Etienne, beautiful doula at the time, but now midwife, and uh, several other doulas at the time. Now, this is like 2005, 2006. There were a handful of us running around town, meeting another one, wafting out, just like the placenta. We were meeting each other, right? You're a doula. Oh, my God. You're a doula. Oh, my God. And creating this web of care. And we would call each other to assist, but there were only a few of us. And uh, I started to learn that they were incorporating their massage and their Reiki and their herbalism and their essential oil. Y'all, this is way before all of this is popular. We <laughs> That's right. Say, people, you're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome for all the things that we have laid down before you. So your doula service can be at ease because... Deborah, we took some bullets and you know, we did the hospital there slamming the door in our face, not letting us in. Why is she here? What are you talking about? You give emotional support. You're not necessary. Just all the things. So we go through that whole experience, the recovery from that birth. This interview is a part of that recovery from this birth, even still talking about it. I needed to talk about my experience. I needed to share with people that I was hurt for a long time to not recognize your baby, to not be given a moment to see him, to see her. There was nothing wrong with him. To to just hold him, to let me kiss him, to let us look at each other. I needed to see that. And now we're bonding and time together is of the essence. Yes. I understand. um, I look at people and I look at families who are not tight, who are not close. And I wonder, did you get to hold your baby? Maybe the wound goes back to your birth. Maybe the wound goes back to the disconnect, goes back to the time. Did you get the golden hour? Did you get to go school skin to skin? Did you get to regulate with each other just by holding and seeing each other until you said, okay, take him to the warmer. Okay, take him over there and let me see. I'll let you know when. Yes. So a couple years go by. I'm bubbling around with this toddler, having a great time in the East Village. And we make Wayana, my daughter. And our relationship, uh, my relationship with my children's father is on edge. Some other things have happened. I'm like, nah, he makes beautiful children, but it's not my partner. So I decide I'm going to go to uh, help Laughing Lotus Yoga open up the new studio in San Francisco. <laughs> Pregnant. <laughs> and I'm going to stay out there and have a California life. I'm the prenatal teacher at the time. And I go out there and I went into labor a little bit early, three weeks. Didn't get back in time, but I found a midwife just in case things happened the way that they happened. But it was really, really important that I had a belly birth. I had a vaginal birth, a VBAC. Really important to me that I had at least a chance to have a vaginal birth. Maria Iorillo, who who is the extraordinary midwife of the world. Yes. I met her. She was my midwife. She um, had heard of my story. I actually just saw her card, you know, like at Rainbow Market or something like that. And started to see this birth group. I would go to these birth groups. They had, she had centering in her home. She had gatherings. And there were all kinds of birth classes and teas and mother cafes and baby yoga classes. I mean, they were, they were happening all over the place. But these were like epic level baby classes in the park, in the Mission Park, all the things. I was like, 
this is amazing. So I'm, I'm over there and she says, I tell her my story and how sad I was. And I said, I really want to have a natural birth. Can you help me with that? Maria said to me, you know what, Sofa? If you just share your birth story after your birth about how you feel, that will be payment for me. That was my payment to Maria. And Maria came Yes. I'm living in Bernal Heights. I'm feeling some cramping. Like I'm going to have my period that morning. And I was like, huh. And it's going on all day. And then I start having some sensations and things. So with Kyan, I had, uh, I reached up to eight. I had reached up to eight centimeters with him. And then everything just, you know, wasn't going to happen. With Wyana, it was gentle. I walked around Bernal Heights. I ate a burrito that day. She's like, go for some walk. Walk the, walk the hills. Enjoy the day. It was San Francisco, y'all. And, um, and then the evening came on and she was like, how are you doing? And I said, hey, listen, these are getting kind of strong. And she said, yeah, I think this is your birthday. But the whole day, it was normal. I didn't see her. She didn't come over. She just kept in touch with me. She just asked how I was doing and keep it up, do some yoga, dance. So I did that. My son was with me. My friend Kenny was with me as my birth support person. He's my friend from college. And, um, and so I was actually, I was 39 years old. I was 39. I was 37 with Cayenne and I was 39 with Wayana. And um, nighttime rolled around and around nine o'clock. I'm like, look, I'm going through it. Can you come over? She's like, yeah, I'm on my way. And she rolls in and the lights are low and the candles are on. And Cayenne's got... Kenny, Kenny's with Cayenne and they're dancing around. I'm going through it because I had never expressed, I never had these feelings expressed into my body the way they were. So I knew that at that point it was going to be different and uh, getting the birth tub and all the things ready. And when it got down to like, I don't know if I can do this. She's like, do you want to get in some water? Do you want to get in the tub? And I was like, sorry, you know, we set that tub up and all the things. I don't want the tub. <laughs> I, I need to get in the shower instead. And I really liked the feeling of the water coming on my body. And I stood and I was scared. I was so scared. And I got in the water. I got in the shower and I'm just leaning against the wall and I'm crying. And I'm like, I can't do this. And I walk out of the shower and I'm like, I don't think I can do this, Maria. She called in another beautiful midwife, Michelle, to just be there. So thank you, Michelle, also. And uh, she was just there hanging out, chilling in the space. And I was in the shower. I took some long, deep breaths and the water's pouring over my head and I was crying and the water, I hear through the water and the rhythm of the water. And I'm like, this is the process. Yes. And the water, I'm thinking, I'm just hearing my ancestors. I'm hearing the water. I'm hearing everybody. This is the process. So we got you. You're safe. Maria's here. Michelle is here. Your son is here. Kenny's here. We got you. You're safe. And I got out of the shower. I was a little bit shaky, but I felt calmer. And I went over and Maria checked me and I was at 10. Wow. And she said, you can push your baby out now. And I was like, okay, <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> and I kind of felt a pause. I felt a pause. I didn't feel any contractions. Everything just somewhat, you know, just got quiet in my body. Very interestingly enough, Cayenne fell asleep. He was two and a half. He fell asleep in the corner and Kenny's just sitting with him rocking. He's like, he's asleep. Should I wake him up? And I was like, no. And some pushes and some squats. I birthed her standing up and Wyana was born and I held her and she looked right at me. She was like looking around and I was like, oh my God, that's it. 
the famous, famous, the famous statement after women have a baby, right? Like, that's it. <laughs> it was, it was a whole bunch of things and it was, it was natural. It wasn't what I thought. It didn't hurt like how I thought it wasn't this thing. It was natural. Cayenne woke up and came over to us. And he said, my two-year-old son, he said, are you my mommy? I said, yes, I'm your mommy. And I said, this is your sister. But he was looking at me. And now when I, you know, over the years, when I reflect back on, are you my mommy? I must have looked different. Right. And I received him differently. And that birth made me connect. I connected to all things. I connected naturally that everybody came from a mother, that this is the process, that life is this process. It's designed. Sometimes the design may not work. The alignment may not be there. There are methods that will save our lives, but the method, the process is not to be interrupted. It's to be supported and adjusted. And the baby has to adjust and the mother has to adjust. The birthing person has to adjust. The team must adjust. Everybody must make those adjustments, those te- those shapes, the standing, the positions, whatever, for the experience to be and the process to be fulfilled so that the other side is in alignment for the next steps, which is skin to skin, which is recognition, which is observation, which is latching, which is exploring and loving. And I finally got that. And I didn't have that after Cayenne. And I didn't understand who he was. And I didn't recognize him. And I loved him fiercely. But I just didn't connect to him until Wayana was born. And then I actually became softer. And many, many people have told me after I had Wayana, wow, you're so soft. Wow, you you changed. Wow, you're you were so angry, Selma. You were, you know, and I heard those things from people over and over and over again. And I was like, I'm not angry. I was so disappointed and I didn't have any resolution. I wasn't given any reason. It was Maria who asked me if I wanted to read my birth story from Cayenne, if I wanted to read the hospital report. And she got it for me to read. I hadn't read it before. I read Cayenne's birth story in my pregnancy with Wayana at one of Maria's appointments. She helped me. And that helped me as a community support, as a doula, as somebody working with Healthy Baby, Healthy Start, which I don't work for them anymore. I, I resigned from that position last year and I now work at the hospital. But um, it helped me to say to mothers, you know, there's a story. Would you like to know it? Let's find all the ways for you to understand your birth story. We can get your hospital record. We can get your birth report. We can get all those things and read them together. What and a understand. beautiful gift. It was an amazing gift. And she helped me understand the language. And then I was like, oh, doulas need to understand medicalese. And they need to understand how to read those tapes. And they need to understand all the things and the sounds in the birthing room. But um, so that's where Mama stood for birth. And that's why I do what I do today. Because I say I have the gamut of this belly birth to my home vaginal birth after cesarean. And they make me the mother and the woman that I am. And I know that there is this wide space of flexibility in parenting. And we have to, everybody has their own experience because they were born so differently. I had to be, I eased up on how hard I was in Kayan because I think I wanted him to do certain things, but you know, he didn't go through the squeezing process and things were not always easy for him when he was baby. 
his fine motor skills were a little bit delayed and things like that. And I wondered, was it from the belly birth? Was it because he came out of my belly and not through the womb? And then I learned all the things of how cesarean born babies are a bit different. And I was able to, I maybe wouldn't have even looked at that if I hadn't had the, the observation of how my children were different just in their ways of being. So to get him into those exercise classes and those tactile classes and art and things like that, to get him to get those nerve endings mature to the end of his skin and his fingertips. And, you know, and, and now look at him. He's a junior Olympian. You know, he's amazing. And uh, and so we continue to grow. And so I think this is my uh, this is my orgasmic birth experience. It was, um, oh, my God, life affirming and connecting to all things. I didn't have a, an orgasm. I had a bodygasm, lifegasm, universal. Maybe that is an orgasm. You know what I mean? That is. <laughs> that is an orgasm. Wait a minute. I didn't have that. But it was, um, yes, it was completely sensory organizing. And I have not let it up. I protect, like protecting my children is why I call them my cubs. They're my cubs. And I have to protect them. We protect them in every aspect of their life, getting them into schools, making sure they have enough, right? Yes. So they understand where they are and not just safety and stranger danger and those kinds of things, but are all of the opportunities coming to my children because they're here and they get to be who they are, take up the space on the planet that they were yes. born to own. That's really connecting the whole life. Now at 17 and 14, they are welcome to still get in my bed and hang out with me and snuggle and cuddle and have those deep conversations as they open up into their own sexuality and have girlfriends and boyfriends and have all their crushes and hearts broken and all the things because it all started in the family bed. It should always be in the family bed in that loving, comfortable place of surrender. And Wayna was born in the family bed and it's such a powerful, sacred place. So that's my birth experience. And from belly to yoni. Yes, I like that. From belly to yoni. What a beautiful way. And truly, right? Orgasmic birth is to define it for each person. And you mm -hmm. explained the depth of what that meant to your entire being. And not only to that, you know, the person giving birth, but look at how birth impacts each child, each relationship. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And to see the healing that, you know, I really heard that healing for yourself and for Kyan, right? Like you rebirth yeah. yourself and your relationships as you welcomed your daughter into the world. Oh, Sokna, my heart is just full. And I had heard your story before, but hearing it even more depth, I just was really breathing it in. And I know for everyone listening, I'm sure they're filled with so much wisdom, but also questions, especially I know some people listening um, might be pregnant themselves or planning a birth, right? And thinking, okay, how do I step into this space? How do I begin this journey? Mm -hmm. If you, and I know there's, you know, a million things, it's always hard to disseminate down, but what would be one thing that just comes to you right now that you would say to someone who might be pregnant saying, 
what's a word of wisdom to help me prepare for birth to step into that whole space? I would say, I'm going to give you the water wisdom that I got in the shower. Trust the process. And that process means our design, our body design, but it also includes the baby's design. And it also includes being open and receptive to feeling and intuiting and trusting because our design is not just physiologic, it's emotional and it's intuitive and it's very subtle. And it's also very gross out here in the physical. So trust the process, trust the design and be open to um, the possibilities that keep you safe and will bring you and your baby to the other side, your baby outside of your body, um, to being here safely, you know, and that um, there are methods to assist us. And uh, when we're open to that process, we're going to be carried forth. I, I just didn't know, you know, and I wish that I had been offered the trust. Maria put the trust in my hands. She gave me the, she gave me tools in our prenatal care that I did not receive with my son's prenatal care. She gave me the authenticity of my birth experience, which empowered me to give Wayana the experience that we had together and to birth her in that way. It could have turned out to be another cesarean. I could have found out my pelvis is not the right shape. I could have had a platypaloid pelvis, which is kind of flat. I could have had a small opening, anything. Know the shape of your pelvis, know your body. Is it possible for this to happen? You know, so that's what I mean. Trust the process. And then if all the things are in alignment, if you've done all of your investigating on yourself, find those ways because every baby and every birth is different. Yeah. Thank that's my one word. So much. <laughs> that, oh, but it's beautiful. And I mean, again, I'm soaking in that too. You have so much wisdom to share. And it's so wonderful to know that you're supporting. You're like what Maria did for you and gave you that trust in yourself and the process you're doing for so many others. So I know people are listening are going to want to know more. So how can people reach you? How can they learn more about you or join you in some of your offerings? Awesome. Well, find me on Facebook as long as I'll be here, as long as it's there. Sokna Heather Maven. Uh, join me on Instagram at Soknamaha. That's S-O-K-H-N-A-M-A-H-A. So have fun with the eights in there. Soknamaha. Um, how else? That's my main thing. Um, and if you join me there, there's always events coming up. The 10-day womb cleanse is happening. A wild woman fest. When that comes back in, we have a beautiful time. That's a retreat of women of creativity um, and soul goddess retreats for women of color. Um, reach out and ask about herbals and any other kind of support. If you just want to chat or anything, I love hearing stories as well. That's how to find me. Thank well, you. definitely. I hope everyone connects with you and you. I can't thank you enough for sharing your wisdom and how all things are connected. What a beautiful, when I read your title, I was like, I know you're going to do this in a beautiful way, but I wasn't sure and where you were going and to hear, because <laughs> I agree, 
you know, all things are connected and birth is such an opportunity to feel that, to experience that and to expand into an orgasmic birth in a connected way. So thank you so, so much. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody, birthing blessings. Yes. Thank you. And for everyone, please like this episode. We love your ratings. We'd love for you to subscribe and please share so we can continue to educate, inspire, and nurture um, all people in pregnancy, birth, and parenting. Thanks for listening to the Orgasmic Birth Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to learn more about pleasure in birth parenting and birth work, visit orgasmicbirth.com forward slash more for my free gifts. And please leave a review about your experience. Reviews help us to reach more people and please subscribe.